0: You're listening to the Just Means Less ACC podcast. We're back. Micah and Nick are both available today. Um, I am currently doing this podcast, as I always do, on a nice little stroll. The difference is it is now 30 degrees instead of the normal 50. So um, I look like a giant snowman right now. Like the Michelin Man is probably the best way to describe me. I'm trying to avoid not getting sick with this random cold temperatures but nick how are you doing today
1: uh i'm a mixed bag of emotions right now uh I let's had a see very... We're on, are we on the
0: are we are we on the third stage of the uh of the grief scale you know, there's you know on the, on the grief there's you know anger and there's not excuses but you know like the logic like, there's those Five things. I always forget what the title of it is, but you know, you go through all five steps before you can come to peace. Where are we at on the scale?
1: <laughs> um, I don't think I'm at peace I'm probably halfway at peace right now because I've gone through the rest of today. Um I'll admit it it was hard. Like it this was unbelievable. I I've had a very, I just so you know I've had a very very long ass weekend and it was a very happy good weekend. I went to uh, one of my best friends from K through 12. I went to his wedding Friday night. Um, went to his reception dinner, or I'm sorry, his rehearsal dinner Thursday night. So that was part of the reason why we could not record um, that day together. Um, so I was very happy for him. It was all great. I was out very late Friday night, um, saw a whole bunch of friends. And then you work at the deli, and then it's, you know, the Wake Chapel Hill game, and it doesn't start till 8 o'clock, so we're busy all day. And then I got to go all – I got to make a delivery after work. Then I got to go all the way to the stadium because I'm working the game. Get to the stadium. Uh, get on the field. Make sure everyone knows that I'm there. Um, And then I realized, huh, well, kickoff's not for another hour. Everything's set up, ready to go. I don't have to do much. Let me go back up to the press box and let's watch the end of this game. Let's watch the end of the state game. Uh, My mood after that, I did not want to be there. I did not. I wanted to go home. I did not want to work the Wake Carolina game. I didn't want to be surrounded by a bunch of UNC fans and Wake fans. I I was done. I did not want to do it. But I did it. I did it. So credit to me. I did it. It was a great game. It was a fun game that I watched that I got to see in person on the field. So that was fun. Um, And then last night after the game, my friends were still in town. So I went downtown at like eleven o'clock and stayed out till two a.m. Um, one of my friends, she was staying at her parents' house all the way in Clemens, and she was gonna getting ready to Uber back home. And I was like, "That's stupid! Don't waste your money on a forty-dollar Uber ride at two o'clock in the morning. That sounds sketchy. Let me just drive you home." So I did that, and he get home till three. Uh, so you can imagine how tired I am right now, and everything is just looming over this NC state loss at the moment. So as much as I wanted to be happy today, Micah, I'm not. so how are you?
0: I mean, I could I'm trying to I'm trying to put into words how proud of you I am because like that's the thing. Virginia probably doesn't have two teams that I think are the clear we don't like uh, Fan bases don't like us the most. Like, let's be real. I think Wake's biggest rival is State, and I think Carolina's biggest rival is State when it comes to football, of course. Now, basketball we throw in Duke, but you know, you were in the. I mean, the only way it could have been worse is if you were actually in Chapel Hill. Well,
1: for I might well have been in Chapel
0: Hill because yeah, there was, there was a uh, lot.
1: I <laughs> go to my. Uh, No, that's not a roast at the stadium. No, I'm not talking about the stadium. The stadium was – I was proud of Wake Forest fans that showed up. That was awesome. Um, The bar I went to, I go to – my favorite bar in Winston is Whiskey Dogs. And a lot of – you know, Winston-Salem is a breed of setting your kids to everywhere but Wake Forest, right? Like, I know kids from Winston that go to Wake. I have friends that have done that, but let's be real. Winston-Salem, if you grew up here, you're going to college at App, NC State, UNC, UNC Charlotte, or ECU. That's where you're going. So anyone who went to UNC that grew up in Winston went to this game. And so I did see some friends that went to UNC that I grew up with that went to grade school with at this bar. So I was practically in a UNC Chapel Hill bar, and I was wearing an NC State long tee, Because I was either going to have to wear my Wake polo over it or wear the NC State shirt. I was like, well, considering UNC beat Wake, I won't wear the Wake polo. I'll just swallow my pride and wear the NC State shirt Um, because we did did beat Wake. So I did that instead.
0: Not to mention, I, I think North Carolina fans are in a little dose of revenge or reality in a couple weeks. But we can talk about UNC's game in a little bit, but credit to you, um, ETSU football once again decided to lose a game, literally on this time, on the last play of the game, um, I had to break up a couple fights between players, that was uh, probably the highlight of the of the game itself, because uh, it went from 60 degrees at kickoff to 35, like, it was probably cold for you at Wake, but like, at least you kind of were prepared for it, because it was cold Probably before we even got to the game. Where with us, it was 65 in the morning. And then it started raining. And then when it stopped raining, it was like 35 degrees. Like, what the hell? So, you know, 0 to 100 on us real quick. But football football's not over. Because I got to go with football to Starkville next week. Which, rest in peace, us at this rate. But, no, I'm good. Got a little weeknight match in. That was honestly Awesome. Nick, you're going to appreciate this. I think that was probably the craziest I've done all year because I made the decision to do that basically on Monday and then literally got an hour and a half of sleep after the Bowling Green game because I had to be back at work Thursday at 9 a.m. So I literally drove eight and a half hours. So I (laughs) regret that because I almost fell asleep at the wheel. Honestly, my buddy who I stayed with, he wouldn't have called me at 6 a.m. I don't know. I probably would have had to pull over and take a five-hour power nap at a rest area. I mean, I was, I was dying. <laughs> Podcasts just weren't cutting it this time around. So, but no, it was a, it was a fun trip. There's nothing better than Maxion. I'm sorry, but there's barely any people there. Everyone that is there is dedicated as heck. It was awesome, but I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm very thankful that I had to work yesterday and we had senior day. So I was very wrapped up around 12 o'clock because uh, I the first time I saw the Virginia Pitt score was when it was 28 to seven, I think is what it was or something 20 something to seven in favor of Pitt. So it took till I got home to realize that Virginia started the game with two pick sixes. Um, if I would have saw that before Senior Day, very similar to you, I'd have been in a dog shit mood and not wanted to work. So thankfully. The first time I saw a score, there was no hope, so I was like, ah, whatever, and continue on with my life. But, yeah, Uh, other than that, though, I'm pretty good. So, Nick, I think it's, it's, I think it would be more fun if we did what we did last pod. We worked backwards, because, A, I want you to be able to get off your NC State rant, because what you've been tweeting on fifth quarter Wolfpack has been great, I think, the last couple days, or last 24 hours, I guess you could say. But also, too, I think we do need to talk about, I really want to talk about UNC Wake to start. That, of course, is the last game of the night. Well, I guess Florida State-Syracuse was the last game of the night, so we'll start there first. But at least we're getting to the juice of the podcast early, since we like to talk for a long period of time. So anything you want to add before we get started and talk a little Florida state cues?
1: No, not really. Uh, let's just go ahead and end my misery.
0: Well, first off, I just want to say I wish Florida State could get a chance to run it back. Versus pretty much every team in the Atlantic, they're the second best team in the ACC, dude. They're better than Carolina. Florida State's good. (laughs) Like if they don't have injury problems, they probably beat Louisville big. They probably, and by probably, would beat honestly probably beat State. Like (laughs) that Florida State team is very very good. And they are only getting better week by week. So obviously, you know, the, the scheduling of things have to matter. So NC State on their given day, as well as you know, Clemson on their given day. Like, honestly, run, run it back, Florida State, Clemson. I think Florida State wins. <laughs> Florida State is, just like, we'll see in a couple weeks. But I think Florida State might blow out their next two opponents. And we're talking about a Louisiana team who is down, but still a pretty solid Sunbelt team. And then Florida, who, again, is down for Florida standards, but that's still a seven-win and seven win Florida team. Um, so, I mean, Nick, did, did, uh, did you get any eyes on this game? I know you're obviously at um, Carolina and Wake, but, I mean, that was just – I mean, Syracuse is struggling. We're, we're not going to pretend like they're not, but Florida State made Syracuse look like they're Boston College. So, credit to them. They, heck, they made six that look like a normal group of five-team. And Syracuse is not that bad, even without Garrett Trader.
1: Um, I did not have any eyes on it. Um, I did keep track of it, though, on the out-of-town scoreboard at the game and a little bit on my phone. Yeah, I agree <laughs> with you, man. I think Florida State has gained a lot of momentum um I would love to see them run back against Wake against even Clemson, NC State. Um Mike Norvell has really turned another corner in the in the season. And um I think he's going to build a lot of momentum into next season where Florida State is a potential uh championship threat. Um Jordan Travis, Mike might be like top one or two quarterback going into next year uh, in the ACC. And as for Syracuse, they, they're they getting dangerously, dangerously close to not winning another game for the rest of the season. And that is including Boston College, who just be NC State. Yeah,
0: I think they're safe with Boston College, though, because no disrespect to your pack, but I think I thought Boston College had maybe one win left in the tank, and I think they may have. Uh, expended all the gas this past
1: week. I think Syracuse, Syracuse, I mean, we've said it. Uh, we were very skeptical uh, in the beginning of the season, kind of like week three, week four. We were like, wow, like Syracuse, they could really be 6-0. and um, You know, but it, when you really deep dive into the schedule, they had all these games at home. Uh, they benefited with NC State, NC State's quarterback situation. Um, they almost lost to Virginia. They almost lost to Purdue. Um, they, they, I, I, they were frauds. They were, uh, not to say that they haven't improved. Like they, I'm saying they're frauds, but they're still a huge improvement from last year. Yeah. but what, let's also,
0: Let's also give still, them the benefit of the doubt too, though. I mean, they're without their starting quarterback too. Like, this, yeah, is like, this is not this is like true. the Syracuse This isn't Syracuse from the beginning of the year. Like Again, they're, I, they're not beating Florida State with Garrett Schrader. They're not that good of a team. They're come down to life. But, like, you can tell that when Garrett Schrader was in the game, they had the playbook open. They felt as a team where like, they were able to overcome any mistakes where now they, any mistake, it's, like, they're just getting deflated every single week.
1: Yeah. I mean, it is unfortunate. And uh, not to say that they haven't had a successful season. I mean, if you're a Syracuse fan and let's say you start you're, – you're in the beginning of the season, right? And if I told you, hey, Syracuse, you're going to – at the end of this season, you're going to be 7-5. and five. They'll take that. They will take that. So it's not – Don't be too hard on yourselves. Like, it is a tough stretch that you're going through at the moment. But that's all I I have about this game. I didn't really have a lot of eyes on it. um, But my biggest takeaway is Florida State, man, they are a legit really good team. Yeah.
0: I agree. All right. We move on to the game that you were in person for in Winston-Salem, 36-34 win for North Carolina. Dude, North Carolina is like every other coastal team if Drake May was not their quarterback. Like, I would argue that Virginia, Virginia Tech, all of them, like, would be on equal playing ground as UNC if they didn't have Drake May. Dude, Drake May is the best player in college football. He should win the Heisman. I know you don't want to hear that, Nick, but he is the most most important player to any team in, in college football right now. Like, no disrespect to Hendon Hooker, but... I think Joe Milton could keep Tennessee, especially moving forward into 11-1s. and ones. Like, Joe Milton could go out and beat South Carolina next week and beat Vanderbilt. If you trot <laughs> anyone, I don't even remember who the backup quarterback is in North Carolina, Nick. But if you don't trot, if you don't tra- put anybody but Drake May out there, dude, oh, my gosh. That man makes so many plays. Good, man, He's got great receivers. I'm not, like... That's not a shot at Josh Downs or any of those guys because at the end of the day, like, the receivers are making some plays too, but if they don't have a quarterback that can get them the ball, like, like I, I'm going down the list of quarterbacks right now in the ACC, Nick, and I don't think there's a single quarterback in the ACC that makes UNC 9-1 and at this point, and I don't think there's many quarterbacks that have them at 7-3 and at this point, which is incredible, Yeah, and Drake May is a stud, like, If you're a North Carolina fan, thank the good Lord above that there's family ties to Chapel Hill to where this kid wanted to be a Tar Heel more than anything in the world. And, like, this kid's not leaving. (laughs) Like, there's people like, oh, maybe some, you know, Georgia, LSU, something like that can poach him. He's not leaving Chapel Hill. (laughs) That man wants to take UNC to the playoff. And, you know, depending on when that expanded playoff comes, if it comes in two years, he might be able to do so. So, I mean... Dude, it's it's wild. Like watching that game, I'm just sitting there. Like, I mean, again, I watched the Virginia game, and I was shocked that we were still even in that ball game. But it's just like Sam Hartman did not play bad. (laughs) Like he just got outdueled. I mean, I honestly credit the Wake's defense for holding North Carolina to the level they did. (laughs) Because, I mean, that man is Houdini. Like, like, let's be real. Drake May is on Clemson. They're winning the national title. (laughs) Yeah. I I genuinely do not think that, at the bare minimum, Clemson is the second best team in college football because I I would hear out Georgia is still a very solid football team. But, like, Drake May is better than C.J. Stroud right now. Like, anyone that wants to fight me on that, look at the numbers. And they can go, oh, well, Ohio State's played who? Tell me who you've played. Drake May had better numbers than C.J. Stroud against Notre Dame. That's really the one common opponent that they could argue is like, oh, we had a bad game against that. Yeah, he still did better than C.J. Stroud did in that game, though. <laughs> like, it is, dude, his numbers are Madden numbers, man. He's he's having better numbers than Lamar Jackson's Heisman year, than Baker Mayfield's Heisman year, than Kyler Murray's Heisman year. Like, did Baker, Baker win the Heisman? Yeah, he won the Heisman. So did Kyler, right? Yeah, they both did. Baker
1: and Kyler, yeah.
0: Yeah, so like, you know, he's putting up insane numbers. And not only is he able to do it in the air, but when that man needs to run, he can run. (laughs) He's not, I wouldn't necessarily call him a dual threat quarterback, but he is definitely the best pro style quarterback you can get when it comes to using his, like, he honestly reminds me of Josh Allen, man. I'm not trying to say that he is Josh Allen, but like the way that he can run the ball when he needs to, but then still deliver a strike is just uncanny. It's, it's incredible. It really is like, I genuinely feel bad for NC State because if you lose, North Carolina did not beat you. A guy named Drake May did. And you can't even be mad at Dave Dorn for not getting him to come there because that kid was going to North Carolina or he was going to Alabama. (laughs) You know? So it's just crazy. But what did you see? Because you were down on the field. I mean, what was it like watching that guy? Like, I've watched a lot of games from the field this year, Nick, but I'm jealous because you got the best quarterback in college football from the sideline.
1: Uh, I don't think anyone has called Drake May this, but that kid is tough. That kid got hit so many times. He was getting lit. He was limping off the field um, when Wake was building momentum. It got some uh, key third down uh, stops for them. Uh, You're right, dude. Like, I agree 100%. I think once week, I don't know, week seven, week eight, I don't know when it was where – The Drake May highs, I think when Sam had his first bad game against Louisville and Drake May was still consistently doing it, I was like, yeah, why not? And then when you see him being compared to the national landscape of quarterbacks in the league, like he's having better stats than CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, DJ, all of these guys and people want to throw in Bo Nix and everybody else like, no, like Drake is the best quarterback that's doing it right now. And all two of my dogs, one, two, uh, ran down here. So you might hear some callers. Um, yeah, we're good. Hi, guys. How are you? Um, They're all um, on
0: the Drake May hype, too, so they just wanted to hear yeah, what you had to say. Yeah,
1: bad dogs. You're not supposed to be on the Drake May hype. <laughs> bad dogs. Um,
0: MJ Morris is better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine tweeting that out, though, man. We're talking about engagement, man. We could do some big game boomer type numbers with that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the game itself. So i want to talk about the game itself since I was there. I mean, it's a shame that Wake and Carolina. I Well, no, I won't say it was a shame because I will say years past, if Wake had played Carolina more, Carolina probably would have ran through them. But now that we're deeper in the Dave Clawson era, um, Wake is very competitive. Like they've beaten Chapel Hill a few years ago. These games are insane. And I knew we were in for an insane game. And I had some friends at the game who were Chapel Hill fans that I went to high school and middle school with. And they were texting me and they said, This game is wild. Like, what is your feel at the moment? And I said, the person who makes the first mistake in this game will lose. And unfortunately for Wake Forest, it was Sam Hartman throwing that interception that Carolina converted into a field goal. Um, yep. And Sam was having a great game. Sam, it, there was nothing wrong, anything wrong that Sam did except that last interception in the end of the game. Um, I think we saw two great quarterbacks play. Um Wake, man. They, I know you. You said their defense was good in this game. Like you were impressed how they held Carolina to that. Micah, I did not know this going into this game. Wake does not have a conference interception. Yeah, they don't have one interception in conference this year.
0: I knew they were low on the turnover margin. I didn't know like they had no interceptions, but I knew like the turnover margin was like minus 17 or some ridiculous number like that because the the Louisville game exists
1: (laughs) it's very bad and we we have said that Wake's defense could not be any worse than it was last year and to a point it's not as bad I mean they're not giving up as many points they're
0: they're they're better they're They're, they're, they're better
1: better. their turnover margin is what needs to be improved on yeah Yeah.
0: but I I, I mean let's be real man I understand like but again, there are teams like Iowa that are just fantastic at causing turnovers. But that is such an arbitrary stat. Right. Like not not that it's all luck, because you have to be in the right place at the right time. But how many times like when when turnover like for example Sam Hartman's turnover game against Louisville, how many of those did Louisville truly force? Three of the eight? Like the other five were just you know, sometimes when it rains it pours. <laughs> So like, do you really think Louisville's defense is that great because they caused eight turnovers? I don't think so. Right. <laughs> so like, that's my only defense to them is like, yeah, that that again, they need to ter- cause turnovers more. But like, the fact that they're bending but not breaking, and like, I would argue that the teams they've played this year are better than the teams they played last year. <laughs> oh, like, like the only team on their schedule in terms of like pure crossover apples to apples that they played last year compared to this year that was better was last year's Army was better than this year's Army. <laughs> That's yeah. the only difference. <laughs> I would argue that this year's Liberty was better than last year's Liberty, though. And you just lose the Yukon, but it's not BC, so, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, yeah. Anyways, yeah. you continue. But that, I will say, like, I just will defend Wake there um, in terms of the turnover margin because, again, it's not all luck, but it's kind of like a 50-50 luck stat.
1: yeah. And I will say, well, I, I, I mean, the game was incredible. The atmosphere was awesome. Um, uh, I, I, I liked being there. It kind of – until Carolina won, it kind of got my head out of the NC State loss for a little bit. Um, I will say, you know how, like, when teams barely lose, you're like, oh, if we just made one more play – and we, we could be really, really good if we just you know had this going for us or had that or one little inconvenient thing, right? Well, there's a saying that says you are what you are. And at that point, you would be a losing team, a losing team. Like you're a team that does not finish. It's the opposite with North Carolina. North Carolina is a team that just finishes and closes out close games. Um, I mean, both
0: teams, man, I think are, like, this game was the epitome of who, like, they are who they are. North Carolina skates by the, the teeth of their skin, but they are, like, individually piecewise very talented, very disorganized defensively, but still very talented. Then on the flip side, Wake Forest is probably, no disrespect to those guys, pure football talent individually, throw them up on a recruiting service. One of the worst teams in the conference, but the discipline of Dave Clawson has overcome many, many games where the talent gap is not wide enough. However, you have a team with a quarterback who can. I think that North Carolina could beat Alabama. I really do. Like, I think it's very possible that could happen. So you know, Wake Forest is playing a game right now where like they're just not better than everybody else. Like, they're they're yes, what are they six and four? Or seven and three, six and, four. six and four, yeah. They're six and four again. This team felt like an eight and four team, and it feels like they're on the pace to do that between Syracuse and B and BC, left, left right? Duke, Lakers and Duke. so eight and four seems very doable again. There might be seven and five, but even then, like you know, I was going to mention this about Sam Hartman, but I'll, I'll, I don't want to get too much into me talking. I'll see finish. But like Sam Hartman's back down to earth, like Sam Hartman no disrespect to him, is not that great of a quarterback. He's a very good quarterback. But early in the year, he was playing out of his damn mind. Then he gets banged up, you know, a little bit against Clemson. And it just kind of, again, since that Louisville game, he has just been a very, I don't want to say average quarterback, because that's not a fair comparison. But he's just been above average. You know what I mean? Like he hasn't been, and that's no disrespect to him, because he's a good player. He's a good leader. But at the end of the day, like that Wake Forest team is not going to beat an NC State team who has more talent in a hostile environment. They're not gonna beat this, you know, North Carolina team who has a Heisman winning quarterback on the other sideline and more talent on the depth chart. Like like I hope Wake Forest fans are not upset with how this season is turning out. Yes, it would be ideal if they were still on the pace of eight and two and everything like that. But this is what this team was going to be. And I had them going seven and five going in the year. I'm going to hit that right on the head. Like they're a good football team, but they had to overcome so much adversity. Like again, this North Carolina team, like with Drake May, is better than like <laughs> I genuinely think that North Carolina is going to beat Clemson in the ACC title at this case, at this moment in time, Nick. This is coming from the guy that. Kisses Clemson's ass every single week. <laughs> like, I genuinely think that this North Carolina team can beat Clemson in Charlotte in a couple weeks. <laughs> so, I, I don't, again, you can continue, but in the defense of wake force, like, I mean, these both these teams are, they are who they are. <laughs> they are who they are. And North Carolina is just the luckiest son of a gun in college bar right now. With, with a hell of a quarterback that can make magic happen. <laughs>
1: No, yeah, you're right. Like, they are who they are. They finish games. They have an elite quarterback, like probably the best quarterback right now. And, you know, I was talking to, like, some Carolina fans last night. And I said, you guys are very, very fortunate that you have this kid. Like, I think he should be invited to New York. And, like, it won't happen. We play in the Coastal Division. We play against bad teams that we barely get by. Uh, and I said, listen, you beat Clemson. There's no reason why Drake May can, won't be invited to New York. At least Dude, he-
0: if, he beats, if he beats NC State and goes off, he'll be invited to New York. He doesn't yeah. even have to. Be, I mean, now if he sucks against Clemson, sure. But like, even if he just has his normal 300, his normal 300 yard day against Clemson, you know, like, like if he goes off, got 4, 450 on this NC State team. Like, that game's Friday prime primetime. Like, it's the only game that's of relevancy at 3.30 on Black Friday. People will be watching. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. NC State won't be ranked anymore, I don't think. But, at the same time, like, people are still going to remember NC State as a good football team with, a, with now just a bad loss. <laughs> yeah.
1: So. so, I think Drake May should be invited to New York. Uh, if the season keeps going as it is. Um, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but this goes, and we'll talk about, I think we'll get more in depth with this when we talk about Clemson. But after this week in the national landscape of college football, there's a path for both teams that are going to the ACC championship game. There's a path. Um, we'll get, I, I think we'll get more into that with Clemson because they're ranked higher and they have, Winnable, better winnable games ahead of them that they won't lose um, before the ACC Championship game. But there is a path for both ACC schools that are going to the ACC Championship. But other than that, I got nothing else. Great environment. Um, felt like a real true winter, fall slash winter game at night that you want to be a part of. Um, and it was a lot of fun. I wish we had won to make me at least a little bit happier about the day. Uh, but probably one of the better games of the year in the ACC by far. This was this was one for the books, I think. Um, and that's pretty much all I got.
0: All right. Well, Nick, it's time to address the elephant in the room. Your NC State Wolfpack are upset by the abysmal Boston College Eagles using defensive linemen as offensive linemen. In a 21-20 to 20 game. <sighs> I'm going to be frank, Nick. I tuned in for the first quarter. Then I turned it off. And then turned it on until literally the last drive of the game. I'm sure you maybe got a chance to watch it. Or at least got, you know, from the Twitter reads of everything. What that was like. What the hell happened? Like It was 17-7 to 7 going into the half. And I was like. Wow, okay, NC State's asleep, but they'll probably go into the half, wake up a little bit, or even if they don't, like, they're out, like, they are just better than this BC team. At 17 7, sleepwalking through the first half, (laughs) they might be able to be, they, they might win this game, like, you know, 27 to 17, maybe even 20, and we're like, what the F, but then I'm just like, ah, whatever, sleepwalking, move on. How? Like, I understand, Nick. I actually think it was pass interference because, yes, the DB has the right to the ball. But if you run through the receiver to do that, that is pass interference, which is what he did in my opinion. But anyways, even if it shouldn't have been a pass, like it was one of those where I'm not a huge fan of calling it when it matters for the game. No, nor I hope any NC State fan that genuinely thinks this is on the refs should probably look in the mirror because Tim Beck called one of the worst games ever. This offense could not figure anything out. This defense looks human in terms of normally they're pretty good at getting off the field. Like they're giving up some yards, but getting off the field when it matters. Not that they couldn't do that, but they definitely struggled with it. I mean, Nick, the floor is yours to, to get some get some rants out because you know I think you said some really good stuff uh, on fifth quarter Wolfpack the last. 24 hours about you know Dave Dorn and everyone calling for their, his head needs to chill out I'm open to calling for Tim Beck's job at this point um, but you know I guess what floor is yours take it however you want to take
1: it no man like it's just like the most NC State thing in the world I know I, I'm tired of saying it I am because it's starting to become a stupid excuse I mean, so I watched the first quarter. We were up fourteen um, nothing, and during my day, I after that I was uh, what was I doing? I was on a delivery with my dad. We had a big catering order that I had to go out after we closed and before I went to the weight game. Um, kept track of it on the radio. Kept track of it on my phone when I went home to go take a shower. Listened to it on my way to the stadium. And it was like, oh, this is, like, so boring. Like, what the hell? Like, we're getting off the field, but, like, why are we – why is there a turnover here? Why aren't we – why is there a three and out? What is going on? You might hear my dog bark in a second. Okay, now she just ran upstairs. Um, It was so – it was like, God, like, if we don't do something, like, Boston College is going to find a hole in this defense – and they're gonna expose us, and unfortunately, they did. It was that bad. Um, I just, i let me address, let me address the PI call real quick, because yes, that's the that's the, that's the part of the game where everyone's pointing at, and I think a lot of state fans right now. Agree that we should not have been in that position in the first place. Um, we should have killed Boston College. I, 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 I'm not trying to blame the ref, but geez, man, like, why did that? That's a flag right there in that situation, where if you don't throw the flag, no one will say anything. There won't be any arguments online. There yeah, there'll be
0: there'll be three Boston College fans that are pissed, and we move on. Yeah, Here's yeah. so yeah. So I, I saw this tweet. And I thought it was hilarious. I don't want to cut you off while you finish, Nick. But it was about like the whole, you know, like you know, all ACC refs hurting an ACC team that has a chance to boost the brand. And people are like, refs would never do that. Are you fucking kidding me? Have you watched a Clemson game? Have you watched an Alabama game? Have you watched an Ohio State game? Any 50-50 call goes in favor of what's better for the conference. And I'm going to be the first one to defend that, man. If it's 50 like we live in a world, in sports especially, where there's a lot of things you can go, yeah, that's a penalty or not a penalty, and honestly, it could go either way. Why are you not siding on the (laughs) Like, someone needs to look in to see if, like, that official went to Chapel Hill or something. (laughs) Because, like, again, I think it was pass interference, but that's one of those, like, I think you throw that 60% of the time, and I know Boston College fans are going to hate me saying this, but what good does it do that Boston College wins this fucking football game? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> cool, now they're 3-7. <laughs> Still no bowl game. <laughs> like, it wasn't egregious, man. If it's egregious, you have to call it. Like, we literally saw it yesterday. Alabama-Ole Miss. Alabama's defensive lineman not only pops the quarterback in the head on the ground once, but then does it again right in front of the ref. And he doesn't call anything because he knows that would be a first down all Miss is driving and a chance to take the lead late in the game. Like it's the, And that was egregious penalty because he did it like the first one, fine, you don't call. The second one, you have to call. And they still didn't call it. So that's the only thing with NC State fans I will be open to is like, non-biased, did not care who won kind of person, like, what the fuck? <laughs> that makes no sense. Like, because yes, I think it was P.I., but like you said, no, they didn't call P.I. there, Nick. I'm not getting on fifth quarter ACC to tweet, wow, that was pass interference. So, anyways, continue, but I, I agree with you there.
1: And, yeah, I mean, like, I was watching, so I watched the end of the game, up in the press box because i had time to and all these people are looking at me because i'm wearing a Wake force polo but i'm cheering for nc state because i'm (laughs) reacting to every single play yeah um i ran into my old boss josh graham and he was like yeah i did not like that call for nc state did not like that at all it's just like you gotta you you're not trying who are you trying to save here Boston College isn't Ohio State at home against Michigan or something. Or some whatever team. It's not, like you said, it's not Alabama. It's not Tennessee. It's not Ohio State or Georgia or Michigan or whatever. It's Boston College.
0: Or if that's like, okay, Boston College is four and five, and they know that they need this to get bowl eligible. Fine. (laughs) Their season is over.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like, and I, I agree. Look. And that brings me back to we should not have been here in the first place. I, I feel very, very, very bad for Drake May – or I'm sorry, shit. I hate how I just did that. Drake Thomas. I feel so bad that that call happened to him. He read the quarterback's eyes, found the – ball, was going to the ball. Yeah, I don't think he was, you know, trying to cover the receiver – he was going to make a play on the ball, which he did. He got his hands on the ball. He just, they just both were going into each other. Um, and it, how late it was too, like I had, Micah, in the span of when the ball was incomplete on the ground to the point where I saw the flag, I had put my arms up, said yes, saw the guy celebrating, and then the flag came out. I was absolutely shocked. I It just took everything out of me. I could not believe it. Um, but listen, and then I, I, I don't want to rant on NC State any longer because I know we have other games to get to, but I'll just say this too, because there's a lot of talk about Dave Doran. It's year 10. We still haven't gotten 10 wins yet. We still – well, I will say there have been improvements in the program. Dave has really put his stamp on this program. He's built a lot of things, the indoor facility, getting guys to the pros, all this stuff. And whether you like it or not, every year this program improves besides 2019. 2019 was a hiccup in the road with a bunch of injuries starting a bunch of young guys. Um, Every year there has been improvement. Every year. We are more and more consistently being ranked in the top twenty-five. There, but so, and who knows? Maybe, maybe we're. There's
0: still a chance the top you 30. might be ranked. There's a chance you might be ranked. I don't think might so. But
1: twenty-five. Like I think yeah. we were twenty-six <laughs> in the AP. today. Yeah. So there's a chance we're still in the top twenty-five when the college football playoff poll comes out on Tuesday.
0: And depending on what they want to do for North Carolina and Clemson, they have uh you know, the committee likes to do that kind of shit. Exactly. Wouldn't put it past it.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Dave has gotten us ranked more and more often. We are more and more in the national landscape. Uh, we are more and more in primetime games. We have beaten Clemson. We got over the hump of Dave Doran beating Clemson. And I think we have a great chance of beating them next year. Uh we have gone over oh, – the big pump this year was beating Wake at home, which we did, and we still have Carolina to go through. And we have still taken care of Florida. Like, we have beaten Florida State five out of the last six years. I'll take that every day, every day. Like, Dave has improved. Now, what does he – I put the question out on fifth quarter at Wolfpack, like right before we started recording, Micah. What does Dave need to do to – get that 10-plus win season, to be talked about later in the year for the college football playoff, uh, to be in the New Year's Six Bowl. What does he need to do? It's not him, man. It's Tim Beck. Like, this was a fireable offense. He finally opened the playbook against Virginia Tech late to pull out that win, and it looked like, wow – He's not scared against Wake Forest. We are making big plays. These QB draws are actually working. He's throwing down the field. Where has this been all year? And then in the second half against the worst Power Five team in the country, you clam up and we don't do anything. We don't do anything on offense. This was fireable.
0: Like uh, he was so determined that, like, he could just, like, Boston College is not using defensive linemen or excuse me, using offensive linemen and defensive linemen. Like they're still somewhat healthy defensively. Like I don't know if he just assumed that like and, and maybe it's an offense like so this is why I should be fireable regardless, but my thought is he's probably going, Oh argument's is not gonna give up twenty one like I went up seventeen to seven at the half, like they're not gonna score seventeen. And like
1: that's and you know what? That's what's holding us back right now. I pointed it out.
0: Your defense is so good. Your defense is so good, it's actually hurting you. (laughs) I know.
1: Yeah, right? Great teams blow teams like this out of the water when you know that you can win. They don't let them hang around. You don't get held back like this. If NC State wants to be a great team, they blow out Boston College.
0: Here's my and thing: like, if it's if it's thirty, like let's say they they come out right and they pump another touchdown and a field goal, so it's like twenty-seven-seven going into the fourth quarter. They've pumped that many points on them, right? You know, and it's twenty-seven-seven going into the fourth quarter, and Tim Buck decides to take his foot off the gas, knowing what's still ahead for the next two weeks and everything like that, and they blow the game because of that. I would almost not be upset with him because I don't think you should be foot on the gas up 20 to a Boston College team who can't score. Exactly. But you took the foot off the gas up two scores and not even two full scores. <laughs> like, if you if, if you go up three scores, take your foot off the gas, try, like, because they could have won this game by taking their foot off the gas up three scores. But they did it with two scores. Like, it's just the the judgment of understanding, like... like And, and the worst part to me, Nick, as an outsider, this might hopefully... Hopefully I'm not saying something that you've not thought about yet or not. It might make you really piss because it makes me piss. He had that wake-up call on Thursday night against the Hokies. Yeah. Like, he saw that that defense can have a bad quarter. Look human against a suspect offense. Like, Virginia's offense could probably have a quarter like BC and Tech did. And yet here we are. And he's just like, ah, we're good. What? <laughs> like, yeah, he's, that. that's my, he's got to go thing. And, Nick, something on the Dave Doran comment, too, that I was thinking about, and I don't mean to offend you. NC State's the worst power five job in the state of North Carolina. And here's why. And before you go, what? Here's why. There's no expectation to win at Duke. Nobody actually gives a shit if you're bad. Like, think about it. David Kukuliff had, like, what, five? four win or last win seasons and literally was able to retire on his own. (laughs) Yeah. Wake Forest, though the expectations have been risen, has always been the little brother school of the state. If Dave Clawson leaves, sure, there'll be an expectation to win, but it's Wake Forest, man. They don't have this major fan base that's going to be calling for your head. And no matter how badly you don't want to hear this, Nick, North Carolina's the best job in the state just because of the money that's there. I mean, they got Michael Jordan himself providing recruits with the top-end apparel in all of sports. No disrespect to Adidas, I like Adidas a lot. What's more attractive, the North Carolina brand with Jumpman or being one of 47 Adidas schools that wear black? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, NC State's re- expectations mixed with, like, what the job can be like. NC State winning 10 games is the peak, man. Like, the NC State goal, once the playoffs expand, are to just get in. Any further is a miracle, in my opinion. I don't mean that disrespectfully, because at least, like, I don't even think Virginia's at that point where they could even get into the playoff. But the expectations of State fans, not so much you, Nick, because I think you understood what 10 Woods would have meant this year, they assume they're supposed to be 10-2 and two every single season. And yet they've never even done it. <laughs> like, there's a reason why they've never done it. Or if they have, they've done it once, you know? Like, they don't win 10 very often. <laughs> so it's, yes, it's frustrating. This is a very, very bad loss. And yes, it is on Dave Doran to look in the mirror and see that Tim Beck might be the problem here. <laughs> and go from there. But at the same sense, like, the same argument with Iowa fans, oh, maybe Kirk Ferentz should retire. Why? <laughs> and you made a little point in Nebraska. I'm not wearing Nebraska gloves right now. Like, they fired a guy who was winning eight to nine games, ten games every year because it wasn't what they were used to. And no disrespect to NC State, Nebraska fans had somewhat more of a reason because they actually had seen national titles in football. <laughs> They've seen success and that they – They assume that they could still reach that pinnacle every single season. Or NC State does not have that. Dude, 1980s NC State was losing to ETSU. I have a picture in my office of them storming the field in Raleigh. Like, they're not the same. So, like, any NC State fan that's like, Dave Doran's so bad. Who are you getting that's better, man? You ain't getting Lane Lane Kiffin to come. Deion Sanders ain't coming to NC State. You want to recycle? You want want Dan Mullen to be recycled? Good luck. (laughs) Like, he's a hell of a... Maybe Dan Mullen could be better than Dave Jordan because he was great at Mississippi State, and Mississippi State and NC State are almost the same school. Like, they're not as much on the recruiting side as they are X's and O's. But, I mean, let's let's just call it what it is, man. Like, if a top-end recruit... It's been this way forever, man. They always go to Carolina over state. And in the NIL era... No disrespect to NC State, good luck keeping up with Carolina man. Good luck. Cause if coach if a coach really wants a guy, player really wants to go there but he's getting offered more by NC State or by Wake, dude, Michael Jordan could walk out his backyard, write you a hundred thousand dollar check to be a jump man influencer on Instagram and boom, you're not in Carolina. Like sorry not sorry. <laughs> like so Anyways, that's my thoughts on the Dave Doran thing because it's just like, yeah, he probably needs to look look at Tim Beck and kind of go, this offense has failed us. And again, too, Man State fans, like, I understand that we well, we believe MJ Morris is good. I, I think he is good, but and, and losing that Boston College is unacceptable with MJ Morris. I'm not the fed, the loss, but they're seven and three, and the ACC player preseason player of the year has been out for half the season. They had half their defense miss a game or two this season, right? Oh no, They've actually been healthy this year, haven't they? They've actually, been, yeah, they've actually been healthy this year. But still, like, the ACC preseason player of the year, who was supposed to be your guy to lead you to the promised land, has been out half the year. And no matter what we saw from Devin Leary earlier in the year, you can't pretend like that's not important to, to factor into all of this. So... Yeah, any one of the things Dave Doran's got to go, or time's ticking. Like, be careful what you wish for, man. Because even Virginia Tech, who I would argue has a better football brand than NC State, never got to the pinnacle that you wanted as much as they have. And Virginia Tech had the luxury of when they joined the ACC, they were in the Coastal.
1: <laughs> and they won so, the ACC championships at least.
0: Yeah, they did. You're right. And, and again, like they went to a national title when they were a Big East team. And like, but again, like. Well, Virginia Tech, and this is coming from a Virginia fan, is the premier school in their own state. And it's that unfortunately, like, NC State could potentially be that premier brand, but it's not currently. I don't know if it ever will be because North Carolina exists. Like, you know, unfortunately, that's just the world that it is. And again, there are other Power 5 jobs in the state that pay pretty close to what NC State can afford. And the expectation is seven and five. <laughs> so if you're a really good coach but don't want like Mark Stoops of Kentucky, like they just lost to Vandy. Nobody's calling for his head, right? That teams with a supposedly first round quarterback, six and four with a loss to Vanderbilt. And ain't nobody calling for his head. But people calling for Dave Doran's head at seven and three with their first round quarterback potentially out. I mean, they're not the same, man. So, NC State fans, look in the mirror a little bit because your expectations are part of the problem, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. Like I said in one of the tweets, look what happened to Nebraska. Nebraska had Bo Pelini, who was getting them eight, nine, ten wins a year, going bowling, making New Year's Six Bowls. And because they weren't winning national championships with a good-ass head coach, they fired him. He had a winning record. He was winning shit at Nebraska. And because he wasn't going 12-0, and 0, because he wasn't Alabama or Ohio State, he wasn't the 1990s Nebraskas, they fired him. And now look, they just fired another coach who massively underperformed. And now they're on another coaching hunt. Like, do you... Look, look at Virginia Tech. Look what happened to them... When Frank Beamer retired, they, they fired a head coach, and now Brent Pry has not looked good in his first year. He just got – we had a – we'll get to this game in a minute. We just had a battle of two head coaches between Duke and Virginia Tech. You would think going into the season, well, Virginia Tech, based on brand, based on talent, they will beat Duke's first-year head coach. That didn't happen. So sometimes moving on from someone isn't the best. you have to realize what you have. And with NC State, you have a good head coach who develops guys, gets guys into the pros. They he's got it, it's slowly but surely happening. We have finally been like I said, we beat Clemson. We are uh, we beat Wake this year. We're, we're, we have a great shot at beating Carolina this year. Dave Dorn is building something. I know it's taking long, but when you're in a state like North Carolina, surrounded by all these other schools, and you, you're trying to cl- chase Clemson, it's going to take a while. Now, what Dave does need to do, and I agree with you, Micah, is take a look in the mirror and f- figure out the problem. You don't need to actually figure out. You need to get rid of the problem. And right now – it's Tim Beck. Like uh, I think the
0: problem, I think the problem is fifth quarter Wolfpack on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs>
1: probably. I mean, that guy's an ass. Um, <laughs> and you know, player development has been huge at NC State. It's not at the length at Wake Forest, but because Dave Clausen redshirts everybody and does a great job at getting guys ready for games and everything like that. But Dave has gotten guys in the NFL. Recruiting has never been the issue at NC State. No matter who you are, no matter who comes in at NC State, you're going to succeed. You know, Carolina fans like to talk about how they always get the better class, which is fine. You guys get the better class. You guys get guys in the NFL. But the problem isn't recruiting either. So the problem right now is Tim Beck. And Dave Doran needs to do something about it. So yeah. That's all I got. I mean, it's a disappointing loss. It's an NC State type of thing that happens. And uh, look, they got two more games. They got, they're got they're on the road at Louisville, at North Carolina. And someone pointed this out. The 2018 season, uh, it was my junior year. We were at home against Wake Forest, 19-point favorite, uh, and we lost. We lost that game. We had, we were on the road to Louisville to North Carolina to finish off the season, and we won both games. When it looked like we were down, and we lost to a, I think Wake went six and six that year in 2018. When we went down, um, we went right back up and finished the season strong. So hey, that's hey NC State fans,
0: hey NC State fans, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, 10 and three and finishing in the top 25 is still possible.
1: It's very possible. It's so you, like New Year Six is gone. It's fine. It's gone. It's gone. It was. We, pro- we, could, we could begin wait with to be honest next year, but this it year, was
0: probably you know, gone anyways. Because let's be real with Notre Dame creeping up, man. Notre Dame went out. They're probably taking an AC spot anyways. If it's not Clemson <laughs> <that's> <laughs> or North Carolina. Yeah,
1: I mean, like we, we had things in front of us this week because I don't think the group of five is going to get a power or going to get a New Year Six bid because Tulane lost so oh, no, like the, a group, the
0: group of five the group of five has to get one I don't know if you know they have to get one
1: do they really shit yeah
0: well, a... yeah so it's, so it might be coastal Carolina it might be UCF yeah they have to get one
1: yeah
0: they're right. required right. to get one anyway just like Western Michigan made it a few years ago like number
1: 23 <laughs> gotcha all right well State fans 10 and 3 is still on the line, it's still there right in front of us. It could still be a special, special season. And think about it if we finish 10 and 3, think about the momentum that we'll have going into next season, winning three in a row and knowing the talent. We were scared, right? Scared of we lose all these seniors. How are we going to replace? Is this going to be 2019 all over again where we go like four and eight? No, like. There are some talented, talented guys where Dave Doran has brought this program where it's not a rebuild year, it's a reset year with your good new guys because he's recruited better since 2019 and 2018 where we have the talent ready to go. So,
0: yeah, and you're 10 and three, you won the state of North Carolina, you ruined North Carolina's like dream path to the playoff because, like. You know, we'll get to it again when we we'll talk Clemson. There is a realistic chance we have a top 10 matchup in Charlotte in November. Yeah. <laughs> there is a realistic chance. And, you know, if we look at it that way, like, who knows? But anyways, we shall continue. Um, yeah. All right. Brent Key is now the head coach at Georgia Tech. Um, I have nothing to really talk about with this game. I think Jacurry Brown, uh, the true fraction from Odellston, Georgia, who started for Miami, is actually pretty good. Well develop him, which is in Mario Cristobal's cup of tea, but they can develop him. This kid can play. This kid's good. But the headline of this game is not what happened on per se. It's what's going on off the field. Yes, it's. Nick, did you see all that information that came out?
1: Uh, I saw something about fifth quarter Georgia Tech saying something, but I didn't look into it. What informed me?
0: Yeah, you know, Perron, I can never say his name correctly, I apologize. Got the start, got hurt in the third. So the great Zach Gibson from Akron so throws a pick six in the red for 99 yards and pretty much was it, right? Well, this was a quote. Uh, not an exact quote, so not the quote. This was said. Keep after it. the game. Sims was available as an emergency quarterback. They did not feel comfortable trotting him out at where he is at currently, with how Zach or Pyron, Pyron, whatever, how he was playing. But when asked to come into, the, or not, on ask come the game, uh, he was available as an emergency, and then was no longer available when he went down, and they went to Zach Gibson. Basically, saying and what it's kind of pointing to is that. Jeff Sims said, you're not starting me, I'm not playing. Jeff Sims is gone, man. He's gone. <laughs> Jameer Gibbs did something very similar last year. Something, Something's not right. If Jeff Sims is healthy enough to dress but not healthy enough to play, something's, something's not right. Like, that's my problem with this whole situation. Why I think Brent Key is now officially out, and it's not even because they lost per se. It's just this right here, is the fact that if Jeff Sims 60 can go, the doctors are allowing him to be as emergency case basis. Kind of, I don't know, Nick, if you how much you follow the rest of the landscape of college football, but what happened with Oklahoma State this weekend, man? Spencer Sanders was the emergency, if needed, quarterback for Oklahoma State. They tried it out Gundy's kid who just played like shit and was getting banged up. And Spencer Sanders comes in and wins the game. So, like, this is not the most uncommon thing in the world when you feel like your backup quarterback at full health is is better than your starter at 50%. Like, that happens. But even 30% Jeff Sims is better than Zach Gibson. (laughs) Like, looking back on Virginia's win over Georgia Tech, it might be my favorite Virginia win of all time. Because of how bad that game was, <laughs> like shout out to Zach Gibson as a Akron fan. Thank you for gifting me one win for my team this year. I appreciate you. Um, you know, that's 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 concerning. I mean, yeah, we were talking about if Georgia Tech won, we could at least have a conversation about a bowl. That's done. They're not winning out, so they're going to finish at best five and seven. But actually, no. Would it be best at best four and eight? No, yeah, it'd be at best five and seven. Best at best five and seven. But I mean, that was concerning, man. Like I, it was embarrassing how bad it was because, like, all the Georgia Tech fans that are mad they should they didn't win this game. Like, I don't know who needs to hear this. Miami's still better than you. <laughs> like they have more talent than you. Like. <laughs> And no disrespect to Brent Key, but I would argue that Mario Cristobal is a better head coach than Brent Key is. So, but the but the, the alarmingness of, of Zach Gibson coming into the game and then just that quote afterwards, like I mean, I don't know what George done. Like they couldn't. I don't know if any hire would have, would keep Jeff Sims from maybe leaving. But that is a real problem that he's dressed the last two weeks. As an emergency player, and this time around, when it came to the emergency, he didn't come out, and it sounded like from Brent, and you have to go watch the quote, the actual press conference quote, Nick. You can tell in Brent Key's voice that he's kind of like, yeah, Jeff didn't want to come in, and that's scary. So that's all I've got on this game. I'll let you add anything you want to add, but that was really the only takeaway from this game. I mean, shout out to Miami. Keeping the bull hopes alive.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think if you're Miami, that's kind of what you want right now is just keep the bull hopes alive. Uh, I think your darkest days are behind you at the moment. Bold. Bold. Under the Bold. Mario first of all, era, you had your beat down against Florida State uh, last week. Um, I think it's a little bit of momentum moving forward. Try to go bowling, see what happens. Uh, as for Georgia Tech. I think you just need a complete, complete reset. Just reset everything. You gotta start all over again. Head coach, players, recruiting, all this kind of stuff. You gotta start all over. It was they took a shot and you can't blame them for taking a shot on Jeff Collins, the guy who we all thought could turn it around. Um, but Dude, I'm right telling he's you? not the answer. Jamie,
0: Jamie Chadwell from Coastal Carolina, should be the next Georgia Tech head coach.
1: Pro, that's not a bad hire. That's no, not he, a bad hire.
0: He should all. be. Why? Georgia Tech is always and will always have to be secondary in their state. No disrespect. Georgia exists. Plain and simple. They exist. You know, they run the option, obviously not the triple option, wishbone offense that, you know, <laughs> Paul Johnson ran. But they run a modern option. They don't need a bunch of five stars to be successful. Jamie Chadwell is a big fun coach. Like the one positive about Jeff Collins was all the four oh four for the culture, all that momentum, the Waffle House stuff, you know, all that good branding that he did for the like for Georgia Tech, right? You get that with Jamie Chadwell. You get a different system. Like I'm telling you right now, Coastal Carolina plays Virginia this week, which by the way, Nick, Virginia opens as a favorite against Coastal Carolina, who's ranked. So, what the fuck? But anyways, you know, if Jamie Chadwell's offense with a backup quarterback man, if Grayson McCall is out, beats Virginia, and almost does what North Carolina did, if I'm Georgia Tech, I'm calling him tomorrow and getting him. Because they're not getting Dion. I'm sorry, you're not getting Dion. You're not getting Dion. I mean, Brian Harsin would make no sense. Someone joked about that. I'm like, well, why? He's a West Coast guy. No point in bringing him back. Bronco ain't going to Georgia Tech. That man needs mountains. <laughs> he ain't going to find that in Atlanta. Like, that is their best option. Like, he fits the mold of the fun, can sell where your location, and runs something that almost pays homage to your past. Like, nobody runs what Jamie Chadwell truly runs. The closest team is honestly Wake. So... Anyways, that's, as a fan, I guess the Coastal is going away, but in the world of the Coastal where a coach I would not want to see every single year, Jamie Chatterball is the guy at Georgia Tech for me. So, anyways, just throwing that out there.
1: Yeah, I mean, complete reset. That's what Georgia Tech and Georgia Tech fans need to focus on. So, yep. that's about all I got.
0: All right, we move on. Clemson versus Louisville. Let me make sure I have the correct score because I know it was like 31-16 or 34-16. Yeah, 31-16. Clemson wins. It was never really close, man. It was never really close. Uh, I believe Blake Cunningham went out with an injury. If I'm not mistaken. Let me double check real quick. Um, yeah, yep, so he got hurt. Um, on the final play of the first half, I will say though, even without Malik Cunningham, this game was pretty much all Clemson, seventeen to seven. You know, Clemson is a very good football team. I don't think this team could win a playoff game, though. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like I would almost rather have North Carolina trot out there in the playoff. Just because I feel like if North Carolina lined up with like a North Carolina, or North, geez, if North Carolina lined up with a Tennessee, where they could just be a blow for blow, considering the amount of magic that North Carolina can pull out of their ass every single week, I'd almost take my chances with that than I would. (laughs) North Carolina, uh, or excuse me, Clemson, trying to do the same thing, but I mean, I've got nothing. I feel bad for Louisville, but interesting to see how the second half would have played out if Cunningham was healthy. Honestly, I will say, the replacement, though, he was good, man. He was pretty solid. Brock Doman, he's a junior from Colorado Springs. He was the one that beat Virginia um, that weekend that, obviously, Cunningham was out. He threw for 175 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Like, he arguably outplayed DJ. So, you know, Clemson went back to the well, man, of just let Will Shipley cook. Let the ground game do its thing. Use the pass when they have to. Man, if this team... That's why I think North Carolina beats Clemson and Charlotte at this point. Because if they have to get into a game and they have to throw the ball, rut rail well, Raggy. I don't feel pretty comfortable right now with those guys. I'm really upset because I was really high on DJ, but, man, that man has... I don't know. Him. It seems to me that there is something mental with his game that is off. Because as soon as he got rattled a little bit... That shit went, went south so quickly mm. because we know he can be very, very good. But, man, I mean, that's all I got. Like, Clemson should take care of business the next two weeks. But, I mean, if they can't run the ball, who knows? <laughs> who knows?
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't have eyes on this game. That's news to me that Cunningham went out. Um do do we know if he's going to be, is it like, it's not season ending. Like, is he going to be available for next week?
0: I didn't see if he'll be back for next week. I haven't looked too far into it. It sounds like it was a shoulder injury to where they play state next week, right? Yeah. I don't think he's playing. I don't, but like he might, but even if so, man, he's not going to be a hundred percent. Yeah. Like the fact that he didn't return in this game and yes, they were probably on pace to lose anyways but the fact that he didn't return I think should be a kind of a, a sign of they got him out next week maybe that's why he didn't play because Louisville was just kind of waving the flag of we don't need this win we kind of want to win next week more but I would also argue for for the sake of um, Scott Satterfield, you know I think that if he thought that Cunningham was healthy enough to go he would have put him out there right. because I mean the fact that the the backup kid had done him Gunman, Dunham, whatever, was having success should be enough to kind of tell you, you know, that Cunningham may have been able to do it too.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, the only thing I have is that, um, you know, I think we, when we were last together, Micah, I said if Clemson can just barely stay in the top 10 when the playoff rankings come out, they have a path at 12, probably not, because I think in the AP, they had ranked UCLA and Ole Miss ahead of them. And the playoff committee did not do that. Um, And we kind of hinted this uh, when we we're talking about North Carolina, Wake Forest, how there's a path for North Carolina. The path is greater right now for Clemson because they have win- better winnable games than UNC does come the end of the year. Uh, because North Carolina still has to play NC State, Clemson. I mean, South Carolina stinks. Miami stinks. They should roll through them. Uh, and what happened? I don't know if you listened to my part of the podcast last Thursday or Wednesday, Micah. Um, I did. Oh well, thank you. That was my uh, that was
0: I was part of the podcast. Got thrown on rotation while driving back from Bowling Green. So that's all. If you listened to my portion of the podcast, Nick, you would have heard me bring up some of your points to counter so i'm glad to know that you listened to my 18 minute portion <laughs> fake friend
1: <laughs> i'm sorry i did not have time to listen to your portion I oh did. we
0: didn't have time okay
1: i had it I ha- you work at a
0: deli man you ever heard of dishes throw some headphones in listen to it while you're doing some dishes bro whatever disrespect is real i get it
1: <laughs> um okay so what le- let me ask okay so You heard my points, and what happened this past week was Oregon lost, right? Um, Ole Miss lost, so they're not a threat anymore. UCLA lost, so they're not a threat anymore. Uh, I know we still have to wait for the rankings to come out. Um, Right now, with those two threats gone – you can basically say that Alabama isn't a threat to make the playoff over Clemson anymore either. They're just kind of like a inconvenient little cone in the middle of the road that you're just going to run over anyway. Um, we, I want to say it's going to be a stretch for LSU to win the SEC championship because they barely got out of Arkansas. That was a trap spot. They still have to go to A&M, and I know A&M's bad, but... Do we really believe that LSU is going to be Georgia? I don't know. Uh, right now, with the Pac-12 eating itself up, Alabama not being relevant in being relevant, uh, Ole Miss out, and LSU probably losing the SEC championship. The only thing in Clemson's way for the playoff spot is Tennessee, because Tennessee ain't losing. They're not. They're going to beat South Carolina. They're going to beat Vanderbilt. LLC, Tennessee has the easiest schedule left uh, between the teams that I had written down. Um, and who knows? Maybe if TCU loses, I mean, they they handled Texas okay. They still got to go to Baylor. What is your feel uh, from where you were when we last met, you and I together, to where it is right now? And I know we still have to wait for the playoff rankings to come out how do you we're on a scale of one to ten how do you feel about Clemson making the playoff I'm in about, I'm at about a five
0: I think North Carolina has a better path than Clemson
1: why I think why because, do North you say Carolina, because North Carolina plays
0: the better schedule down the stretch and North Carolina will get more weight beating Clemson than Clemson will be beating North Carolina well, and, one, and one team, Nick, we have to be real with ourselves. What does the football playoff committee want? Ratings. You know, it'll be real, really attractive for ratings? Oh, I don't know. Let's say Stetson Bennett versus Drake May. Hendon Hooker versus Drake May. Ooh, that's Matt a- Duggan versus Drake May.
1: Micah, you you are going to piss off Clemson fans right now. That is a DJ sucks, like bro. This like is you. the
0: guy. This is the guy
1: I like has been, I like how been he's
0: all he's over doing. DJ. I had him as my player of the year. I was all proud of him. I was on K clubnik I don't think it's the players, man. There is something wrong with that coaching staff right now there that I genuinely think again, I know NC State fell at top twenty five. Well, they did at AP. They're probably going to fall the college playoff, but maybe they won't. Who knows? You know, Boo, Boo Corrigan... Boo Kerrigan? Boo Kerrigan. Boo, Kerrigan. Boo Kerrigan is, you know, the committee chairman in terms of the speaker of the house. So, maybe he can be thrown a bone of them at 25, just, you know, to be nice. But, <laughs> you know, North Carolina has the ability to probably blow out Georgia Tech. Which means more numbers for Drake May and the Heisman. NC State... I mean, man, right now, with the way NC State's playing, I don't know if they can keep up with North Carolina. So who knows if North Carolina... I mean, I think there's a realistic chance North Carolina could house them. I don't think they will, but they could. So let's say they house them, right? Then they play Clemson. I think that North Carolina could beat Clemson. And if they beat been let's say, by a touchdown or two. I think, again, there's more weight to beating Clemson because Clemson will probably be the higher-ranked team than flipped. You know what I mean? Plus, like... so. We'll go back to the Clemson point of this. My thing with Clemson is, dude, they have to be the biggest South Carolina fans ever this week. I mean, like, they, Clemson fans, what I'm about to say is stupid as hell, but I don't care. Take your ass to Columbia, South Carolina, Friday night, or Saturday night, Jesus, Saturday night, and we're garnet, or maybe not we're garnet, we're white. We're a neutral color and cheer for the Gamecocks, Nick. You know who South Carolina plays on Saturday? Tennessee. Yep.
1: It'll boost up South Carolina's rating. And if South be Carolina beats for Tennessee, Tennessee for dude,
0: if South Carolina beats Tennessee, I'm willing to bet you twenty bucks that they get ranked.
1: Oh, of course, they they will be ranked for Clemson. <laughs> they'll they they'll be, be
0: a ranked seven and four team.
1: <laughs> they'll so get the
0: credit for that, and then not to mention, guess what, Nick? If tennis loses to South Carolina, bye-bye playoffs for them.
1: Exactly. It's a win-win. Like, Clemson,
0: you
1: Two need birds, to you one be the biggest talk fans in the world. Yeah.
0: Like, I would never condone cheering for a rival, but there is no, like, there is no no negative to them. Like, like you can't lose either way, because if they lose, they lose. Like, it'll be funny. You'll be able to make fun of them. But, like you almost want them to win because they're going bowling anyways. So like you said, it'll boost their resume. It'll boost them. You know, it, it will knock out a team that is currently in front of you in the playoffs. So that's my thing with with North, with Clemson is there's too much negativity around them. So we're like, dude, I would argue that a one-loss TCU deserves to be in over a one-loss Clemson at this point. If Clemson, Let's say TCU loses a close one to, uh, you know, well, I don't know they really got left in there their conference, I think Baylor. Let's see who's the Baylor next week, right? You know. But then they beat Kansas State in the Big Twelve title. Who's to say that's not better? Like like literally if you're a Clemson fan man, you are a diehard Notre Dame and South Carolina fan during the remainder of the games that obviously do not feature them playing you because obviously South Carolina plays Clemson the last week of the season. Notre Dame still got USC in LA, so if UCLA doesn't take care of USC this week, which I think they might, you know, then Notre Dame could be your saving grace, bump them the two, two losses. And then, again, like, because right now, Nick, I don't think a one-loss Clemson gets in over a one-loss Michigan and Ohio State. Unless Michigan got housed by Ohio State, then maybe there's a but if that game's come close at all in the big house, I think a one-loss Michigan gets in over one-loss Clemson. Even with a conference title, I think that a one-loss TCU could justifiably get in over a one-loss Clemson. Potentially, I think that a one-loss Georgia obviously gets in if they lose the SC championship game to LSU, and LSU then would then be in. And I think there's just two, like, I think a one-loss USC Pac-12 champion gets in before Clemson. And why is that? And the same reason why I think North Carolina has a better chance than Clemson to be honest going into the playoffs, because they have this exciting quarterback and head coach, you know, named Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams. The USC is not good <laughs> at all. <laughs> oh, well, they rolled Colorado, dude. Everybody beats Colorado. <laughs> like yeah, like any Colorado would be the worst team in the ACC. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's just crazy to me, the logic behind it, but I mean, again, I I, again, I, don't think I don't think they're completely eliminated, but you know, I don't think the odds are very good. They need a lot of help, man. Now, again, South Carolina beats Tennessee, Notre Dame beats USC, you know, TCU loses to Baylor, Clemson, you know, UNC wins out, Clemson takes care of UNC, yeah, they might be the four then, just for them to get their ass kicked by Georgia, <laughs> but it's definitely, again, like, in a way, selfishly, Nick, <laughs> I this is going to make you very sick to your stomach. I'd rather see North Carolina in the playoff as our representative right now. I have more faith in them than I do Clemson. I think Clemson's a better team, like, talent-wise. But that quarterback situation is awful. And I think there's – I think, honestly, like, the fact that North – like, that, that team of destiny kind of crap, like – kind of feel somewhat realistic with North Carol- Carolina at this point. Like, so many things have gone their way this year that it would only make sense that they're able to ride that to the playoff. And, like, this is going to suck. It's going to break your heart. But it would be the most North Carolina thing ever to make the playoffs the year that we were talking about NC State as a playoff dark horse.
1: Yeah, I hate you.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Bet, yeah. Hey, they're they're my rival too. <laughs> Not at yeah. the same level, but hey, remember, oldest rivalry in the deep south or in the south. In the yeah. south. Deep South is the Georgia Albert game, but
1: yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it you bring I think you make a good argument for UNC having a better shot at it. And also, I I was in the middle of tweeting from our account, so I didn't hear I didn't like pay attention to everything that you said. And if you missed this, um UNC didn't get killed like Clemson did against Notre Dame.
0: Correct. So Correct. One was at and home. Well. One was at home. But, yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you make a good point. But other than that, there's a shot. Um. It got better this week. I think we're both teams now. Now you have to really consider North Carolina in this thing. Um. But we'll see what happens, man. It's going to be very exciting. I can't wait for Tuesday for the rankings. But I'm all good on this game.
0: Me too. All right, let's move on. Let me make sure I'm not going out of order here. All right, yep. Who left? Dude, Virginia sucks. Yeah. End quote. That's all I got. <laughs> like, honestly, like, seriously, like, I mean, you threw two pick sixes you're done 14 nothing before 40 seconds of game clock has passed by. And, like, I'm going to be completely honest. There are a lot of people that are trying to blame Tony Elliott for that. And, you know, at the end of the day, sure, you have to coach him up, whatever. Dude, after watching those picks, that is 100% Brandon Armstrong not giving a shit. <laughs> his first pick, he lobbed a ball 10 yards down the field because his receiver was on an outbreak. And literally... The- defensive back was able to run five yards from behind the deep from the receiver to go get it. Sure, the receiver's got to come back to it, but like <laughs> what are you doing, man? Like Brandon used to whip these balls around. Like we used to have to yell at him for throwing them so damn hard. <laughs> like it dude, it was just bad. Like <laughs> Virginia beat themselves. I mean Pitt was the better team. I'm not saying they were not, but like Virginia just <laughs> kind of very similar to, you know, the Louisville game. In terms of just getting off to a a hopped out early, made one major mistake, and it went just tumbling quick. Very similar to that, with except the fact that the game started from start to finish in favor of Pitt. But I mean, good for Pitt. <laughs> They're going bowling, so good for them. But yeah, man, Virginia, dude, like so. Nick, this is a good segue. Actually, do you have anything on this game? If not, I will have one more take to segue into Virginia Tech as well.
1: I just kind of—I don't know how I talked my way into thinking that Virginia was gonna win. (laughs) Uh, I really don't know. Yeah. I I I actually—I
0: called you—I called you an idiot on the uh, on my version of the podcast, by the way.
1: (laughs) Oh my god.
0: I was like, I was like, I I was like, I'm
1: gonna have to listen to it. I'm gonna listen to your version.
0: (laughs) It was only 18 minutes. I said, guys, I know Nick's picking Pit here, uh, or sorry, picking Virginia here. He talked himself out of Pit, which is kind of funny because. Rightfully so, he has a good reason behind that because eventually Virginia is going to have to win a game. But until they do, how can we pick them? So, Nick, don't be an idiot. Pick Pitt. (laughs) That's all I said.
1: Uh, Yeah, that's all I got. I mean, Virginia, like, look, you guys are trying to lay down the foundation. It's okay. Like, your coach has got to get his guys in. So, Virginia is a project right now. You can't get too mad about it. Like. You just can't. And Pitt, they're they are the most average team I think in the ACC right now.
0: So. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> they are they are the definition of like good enough, but like good enough to beat you, bad enough to lose. <laughs> so yeah. But anyways, this is my segue, Nick. So I need your advice. I haven't missed a Virginia Virginia Tech game, minus the COVID year where only like a hundred people could go. And even then, I actually got an opportunity to potentially go, but I would have had to take a player's family's ticket that could have gone to another player's family. And I would have had to gone from Nebraska all the way to Blacksburg for that. And this didn't make sense, you know. But I haven't missed a Virginia Virginia Tech game, again, asterisk, minus COVID, since 2013. I haven't missed one in Blacksburg since I moved to Virginia in 2010. Like, I've literally been to, every, again, asterisk, minus the COVID one. I don't want to go to Virginia, Virginia Tech right now. That game screams awful. It screams nightmare fuel for me because if Virginia loses, then I have to deal with being the worst team in the coastal and the worst team in the state of Virginia, or Commonwealth of Virginia. Not to mention, Nick, currently StubHub, face value. Is our ticket still available through Virginia Tech? The cheapest get-in ticket is $70. $70.
1: Wait, say that again. To where?
0: Virginia, Virginia Tech. After $50? fees, after fees, the most the cheapest ticket is sixty-eight ninety-three or some crap like that. So I'm just rounding it up to seventy. Because that's in the end zone corner, like third row from the like from the top. Uh, Am I a terrible fan for not wanting to go to that game? And choosing to, you know my mission of trying to go to new college football stadiums. Am I a terrible person for instead waiting to see what the game times are on Monday for, hold me off, for Thanksgiving games and seeing if I can go somewhere new like Texas A&M or hell, somewhere you like, remember, this is the, like, we get the holiday. My family's kind of all going to be spaced out through the holiday. So I could use Thanksgiving as a grab dinner and then get on the road kind of day. Right now, the plan is to go to Eastern Michigan on Black Friday, but I'm open to changing it, whether it be Mizzou, whether... Hell, I've looked at potentially going to Cali, Nick, doing some doing Cal on a Friday night, maybe USC at night, and uh, Stanford during the day, depending on game times. Like, am I a terrible person with what my goal is, to see as many new stadiums as possible for the season's over, to consider not going to what should be a dog shit game when the tickets are already ridiculous to begin with? Like, if they were 15 bucks... Then my moral compass as a fan says I need to support my guys. I don't miss that game. I've never like I've been I've been to Virginia Games, man, where we lost fifty nine to three to Virginia Tech and Blacksburg, Broncos first year, where we were two and ten. So it's not so much on the performance of Virginia. And my one Virginia friend's like, Oh, this could be the first time we beat Virginia Tech and Blacksburg since nineteen ninety eight and I said, Dude, yes, it would be great to get that win, but it means nothing, man. Like Beating Virginia Tech, this, like, when we beat Virginia Tech, when they, not we, I, I don't like using we because I wasn't a player. But when Virginia beat Virginia Tech in 2019, it meant something. It meant the Coastal. It meant an Orange Bowl trip. It meant a ACC championship trip. <laughs> it meant beating a Virginia Tech team who arguably was their best team in the last five years. <laughs> That's not the case this time around, man. <laughs> All it just means is they beat, a, like, they were better than a walking team. And if they lose, man, that might be the most gut-wrenching loss of Virginia history, and I watched them fumble in overtime on i about to score to beat Virginia Tech in 2018. <laughs> I could almost make the argument that the loss this year would be worse. So, I just need your advice, because again, we'll talk with Virginia Tech Duke here, and that was kind of my segue. But dude, that, those are the two worst teams in the ACC now, and I don't know if I can... I don't know if I can justify... Again, between gas and all that stuff, like $125, $150 to go watch that bullshit when I can, A, spend a little bit more money, but of course get a more, what's the word, valuable experience out of that weekend.
1: I will say this, Micah, you're the only person I know that's a like. Fiend for ugly ass games and <laughs> considering look like a game. your team is playing their rival which will be a ugly ass game this is like your super bowl right right you but like in this it's more satisfying to you than the last time Virginia beat Virginia Tech. Oh hell no! Um, go to the ACC. No, so I will No,
0: dude, it would not be more yeah, satisfying, dude. You, dude, you, even you, even even a- even a- if it a- wasn't a- for a- that, dude, even if it wasn't for that, man. Like I understand it's winning in Blacksburg. All like I do like SECO games, man. But think about it. when you're a fan of your team. No matter how like like Nick, you can't tell me that it's not gonna be sweeter if you go to Chapel Hill and beat them this year than when you beat them last year. And last year probably meant more for the, the, like, the program in terms of the season. Maybe not, but, like, beating them last year, like, you know, the expectation for Virginia is they're supposed to go to Blacksburg and win. And so it's like, if they win, they did what they were supposed like, cool, we, we're not as far behind as Virginia Tech is. Which, honestly, I kind of want Virginia to just accept a full rebuild at this point. And plus, I will say, if I don't go to Virginia Tech, there's a very good chance, Nick, that I can go watch Cal, USC, or Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan on Black Friday. Those are pretty sicko games, too. (laughs) So, I can still get some sicko games out of the weekend, if I really, really want to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's true. Well, I just thought I'd give you that little thought bubble in your head, like, "Oh, I'm like a sicko for these games, and my team is playing the rival." Oh, see, sicko when, Virgi- when America Virginia,
0: when Virginia, when Virginia beats Coastal Carolina this weekend, beats a top twenty-five team, you know, then I'll just be all on board again.
1: <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, right. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's about all I got.
0: Okay. Well, in the second over to Virginia Tech. First off, shout out to Duke. Did you see Duke stroll Virginia Tech?
1: Dude. Good for Duke. Uh, <laughs> Mike Elko, uh, hold, on, on hold
0: on, hold on, did, did you see the troll though?
1: Oh, the troll. Oh, I thought you. I thought you said. Did you see them roll over Virginia? Oh
0: Tech? no, did you see the troll? T R L L.
1: What happened?
0: So Duke took a picture of Virginia Tech's social media page. It was verified before Twitter Blue became a thing, right? You know where you could pay for your verification or whatever. Yeah. But they photoshopped the, like, had to be, like, because they're subscribed to Twitter Blue. <laughs> like, they basically straight up said, yeah, Virginia Tech's not verified. That's hilarious when you consider, like, the modern meme. Yeah, Like, they were the first I've seen to do that. Like, and they also then on Instagram posted Thanksgiving came earlier this year, just the Blue Devil with a turkey over a fire pit with his little trident thing.
1: <laughs> That's funny.
0: Like, That's dude, funny. I mean, no, again, to, to comment on what you thought, I said, "Yeah, they rolled them. Holy shit, dude! Virginia Tech. Like, that's why it's Virginia Tech game, man. Dude, it's a G five game at this point. Dude, they are terrible. Like, Virginia Tech and Virginia fans both have the right to be upset because their talent is not two and eight and three and seven bad. Like, sure, coaches have a lot of stuff to clean up." But I would argue the Virginia Tech talent this year is about the same as last year, and they were six and six. Virginia's talent compared to last year, six and six, about the same. Maybe not. Maybe even a little better. <laughs> At least we're supposed to improve, you know. This is just bad, man. Like shout out to Duke. Seriously, shout out to Duke. You're what seven and three now, dude. They are receiving votes in the AP top twenty-five. I don't know if you saw that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like. Duke is the epitome of what Virginia, Virginia, like, the reason why I justify Virginia and Virginia Tech fans being so pissed, because you kind of said it on the, in the early part of the pot, Like, you see a first-year coach who, we argue, had the hardest first-year gig in the ACC to start having the most success. And that could be a credit to Mike Elko. I'm not trying to say, they're like, oh, Tony Elliott and, and Brent Price suck. because Tony, Because I do think Duke was underperforming. Where I could argue that Virginia and Virginia Tech were kind of overperforming from what they had to a point, but I mean this is like every Virginia fan and Virginia Tech fan I saw who tweeted this I agreed with. It's like you look at Duke and you go, you cannot tell me that that the expectation after a season of going bowling should be this bad, because look at Duke. First year coach who is going from what three and nine or two and ten last year to six, seven and three. And honestly, man, Duke might fucking win out. <laughs> Think about it. Duke could finish in the top twenty-five at nine and three. It's possible. <laughs> Jeez. That'd be crazy. And you're one bad call away from being ten and two and playing in Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> and beating your rival and everything else. Like, I mean, Nick, we're going to have postseason supporters. You already mentioned it. Coach of the year, team of the year is going to be Duke.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: I mean, the only way that team of the year is not Duke is if North Carolina makes the playoff. Because then they just kind of came out of left field to make the playoff, you know, and we have to give them team. But I still don't, I still wouldn't give coach of the year to Mac Brown. I would just say, hey, finally you – coached up your more talented roster because they've underperformed with their roster in years test. <laughs> but, I mean, man, shout out to Duke. I have nothing I want to talk about Virginia Tech. Like Virginia, Virginia Tech, like, the stuff that I want to say about them probably will come either the preview of the Virginia Virginia Tech game and or it'll come when we do like a recap of the season after a couple maybe a month or two has gone by to kind of rewind after the Bulls to where we can really just go into them. Because, Dude, that was bad. But is there anything you want to add? If not, I quickly just want to have a quick five-minute discussion on basketball as it does deserve some justice.
1: Um, the only thing I got is Riley Leonard is pretty damn good. And he <laughs> – I said it last week after they beat Boston College. They – or he is going to be well in a – like top 5 quarterback ranking in the ACC. Um he everyone he is my dark horse player to watch out for next year by far. I think this kid is very good. He can run, he can throw. Uh he's from Alabama, so he's tough like he this kid I think is going to be very good next year. Um I can't wait to see it. So that's about all I got.
0: All right, well, all right, quickly on basketball. I want to I wanna give a most, I guess, best team of the week, worst team of the week, or disappointing team of the week, and, and I want to give our kind of quick, like, 30-second synopsis of the first week of AC basketball. I'll, I'll go first, give you some time to think, cause obviously I thought of this, so I had a little bit more time to think about it. My team of the week... It's Boston College. Crazy as it sounds, that program is terrible. They have struggled. They've had to rally in both of their games against pretty bad teams. But they're 2-0. and oh, And dude, they are so, like, they're starting five. I'm pretty sure only one of them was a projected started five member. The other four are hurt currently. They are very much like football. <laughs> So credit to them for being two and zero. Because a lot of the AC teams that are two and zero either have just kind of done what they were supposed to do, or like for example, NC State looks phenomenal. Night game one didn't look so hot in game two against uh, oh Nick, who was it? Who uh, Campbell, right? Campbell. was yeah. Campbell. Yeah. So they didn't. Look, I had to watch them a little bit. Of that game wasn't as great, but still they're two and zero. But Boston College is my team of the week. My disappointing team of the week. You could give it to Louisville. You really could because of what's been going on. But I'm going to give it to Forest State. Forest State is also 0-2. They lost to, I believe, UCF and Stetson. I know Stetson was one of them. Let me double check on UCF. I believe it was UCF. Yep, UCF. They got pretty much handled in both games. <laughs> This team was not, like, this team was an NCAA tournament team going into the year. Like, they weren't going to be winning the ACC like they have kind of been in competition for the last, you know, early part of the year. But we knew that Louisville had a uphill climb to go to. And I would say that the teams that Louisville lost to are better than Stetson and UCF. Like, UCF might be a tournament team, Stetson, mm, I don't know about that one. Bellerman's an NCAA tournament team, and Wright State could win the Horizon League. So, again, not saying that that's condonable, but considering the expectations and everything, I'm going to give it to Florida State as my disappointing team of the week, and then my summary around the ACC is, we got to wake the hell up, man. <laughs> you know, that was a very blah week. There was no real splashes. Virginia looked good one night, looked pretty rough the other. Pretty much every team in the ACC had it. Like, you know, UNC struggled with Charleston, woke up in the second half, took care of business, but like the ACC has not looked dominant yet, which it doesn't really have to just yet. But it was just a very blah weekend for me. Like, and I would say the negatives again—the Florida State's and the Louisville were more of the splashy news nationally than anything that we did positively. So just, it's tough to be excited after week one with how things went. But what are your what are your superlatives and thoughts on the week?
1: Um. So my team of the week. I mean. I I do have to go with NC State because considering how last year – I know, I know. I have to, though. I've got to. i got to feel better about something. (laughs) Um, Considering how last year started um, with this basketball team, uh, barely beating teams that are not at our level in any way, shape or form, recruiting, size, speed, whatever whatever you want to compare them to. They were not at our level and we would barely beat them or we would lose to them. We lost to Wright State last year. We lost to Richmond last year. Our first game against, I think we played like Bucknell or something, we won by 3 and Manny Bates went out within the first minute of the season and it's gone. There goes our season. Um the fact that Keats has brought in a, basically almost a new coaching staff, hired new guys, uh, has worked the transfer portal, and we just got a four-star uh, commit to sign with us this early already for next year was huge. When he, uh, I forgot his name. Dennis Parker, I think, is his name. Um Who said, I'm not, I'm committing, but I'm not signing till May. Well, two weeks later, he signs. So he's with us and it's great. Um, So, is NC State the
0: basketball school now? Did they they uh, switch roles?
1: Championships, what can we say? Um, (laughs) The fact that they blew out the competition uh, against Austin P and they didn't blow out Campbell, but Campbell, not a bad team. you know, sleeper type of a game. I feel good about this NC State team. I think we can definitely be 4-0 by the time we play Kansas and hopefully give them a little bit of a ride, which would be kind of cool. I don't think we're going to win. But gives me hope. Just comparing the last two la- – the start of last season the start of this season has been great. Um, hey, hey,
0: plus, just a positive note on the Austin P win. You won by 49. Purdue beat them the other night. But only by nineteen. So transitive property says you're thirty points better than Purdue. So
1: <laughs> and we were we were eleven point favorites at home against Austin P we no. almost beat them by fifty. So that no. was that was awesome. Um, and the team looked like like I never saw this last year. The team had so much fun, like they were smiling. You you never saw that with the roster last year. Um, so that was also a positive note. So they're my team of the week. My losers of the week, I mean, you went with Florida State. I, I, I'll i go with Louisville. Um, disappointing, man, to be 0-2 and to lose to a team that is also in the city of Louisville. Um, not good. Not good at all. And it's like they – I'm looking at their scoreboards right now. Both losses were by one point.
0: Yep. Pretty Enough and that's why I'm not as disappointed in them, because, like, I, I would argue, like, this might be a crazy... Like, I know it's a bye game. I would argue that Bellarmine's actually a better team than Louisville currently, and Wright State is uh, maybe not better, but they're five or six points worse on, on a normal night. So, like, or Florida State should have beaten UCF and Stetson. Right. So...
1: So... But still kind of disappointing um yeah not good not a good situation and the overall week I mean definitely a slow start for ACC basketball there's no doubt very sluggish I mean Carolina's the number one team in the country and they you know they kind of struggled a bit with Wilmington and who else did they play oh for a while there Charleston awesome. was in there for a second but they ended up blowing them out just kind of sluggish, man. But I think we'll get more and more – as we get more and more into the season, teams start to split off from each other. We get a really good read on everybody. Um So, yeah, I'm with you. Just kind of a sluggish week.
0: Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, Nick, that's all I've got. Um Obviously, we will be back probably Wednesday. But maybe we'll do Tuesday, Nick. I'm available Tuesday. We'll talk about it via text. But I'm available Tuesday night if we want to do what we've done, you know, two weeks ago with seeing how the rankings come out, discussing that, what that means for the ACC and then obviously move forward to the previews because a lot of ACC games this week of, I wouldn't say not of importance, but you know, a lot, a lot of the slate is some non-con games. I mean, Virginia hosts coastal Virginia tech goes to Liberty. You know, there are some games within the, the ACC itself that you go eh, somewhat important, but I, uh, I think rivalry week's a lot more important for everybody, so we can probably spend a little more time talking, um, you know, the rankings themselves. But that's all I've got, Nick. Anything you want to add before we take off for the night? I'm good, man. All right, well, everyone remember to thoughts and prayers to Nick. Uh, He's not dead, but NC State's trying to kill him. Yeah. Um, And as always, everyone, it means a little bit less in the ACC country. And... Go ACC.